You can stream us on all platforms, including Google, Spotify, etc., etc. Welcome to the Tony Michael Show podcast. You're about to step into my world. Here is Tony Michael. Tony Michael. It's just who I am. I don't walk in the studio and say I work with all these artists. This is me. So what up, you guys? Uh, welcome to the Tony Michael Show podcast. Um, I wanted to have someone in today that I've known for uh, two years now, um, and we met each other through dance, but he is uh, a counselor for the mental illness um, organization for the San Fernando Valley, and for you guys that don't know, the San Fernando Valley is part of the valley in LA, in California, um, so he deals with mental illness. Um, I think that mental illness has been brought up uh how uh, in the in the media, um, really big right now. Um, people are starting to focus on it, and it's been brought up in the media for the black community, which it, it is a, a huge stigma. Um, so, first of all, let's welcome Spencer. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so glad you're here. Man. Yes, it's a good conversation. Um, it's needed. It's so needed. Um, I was uh, one day uh, Spencer and I was talking because I had. Um, reached out to, I was telling him that my son, uh, I decided that, you know, when we start going through a divorce that we, we first went to this thing called divorce. Um, it was called, what was it called? It was for, it's for divorced families. Okay. Um, and it's to pr- prepare my son for divorce. Correct. Um, crosses always had always been really, really close with both of us. And so, uh, it's called divorce care. Okay. And it was through our church. Um, and these were qualified, uh, Clinicians, therapists. Yes. And so uh, that was my first time dealing with it with Cross, and I wanted to. And so Spencer and I were talking, and I was telling him that he was talking about young black men and uh, mental illness and, uh, and how they need to be able to, you know, talk to uh, a therapist. Or, yes. And um, so I reached out to him, and when I started, I wanted to do the second season. I really wanted to cover it. And the reason why I wanted to cover it, too, is that I grew up in a home where my mom was mentally, completely mentally disabled. She was. She was labeled manic, de- manic depressant, schizophrenic, bipolar disorder. Those are three or just the three whole different things. And, and I'm yeah. from growing up with her and actually eventually taking care of her. We had to really identify my, my twin sister, and my oldest sister, big ups to them. We had to really find out. We probably know more than your basic typical person about mental illness to have someone in their family deal Correct. with it because uh, we had to deal with so many elements of it. Right. Um, and so it, we went through a life of that. So I wanna, I wanted to bring him in and start talking about it and start bringing it to the forefront and also bring to the fact that uh, there's a stigma. It, it's a stigma in the black community. Correct. But also too, there's a stigma with black men and mental illness. Right. And how we are perceived when we do say, hey, I need some help. Correct. Uh, right. As opposed to white men in America or men of any other uh, ethnic group. So. Right. What do you think the state of mental illness, period, in America right now is? Right, right. Well, Tony, first of all, I want to thank you for having me. This okay. is a very important conversation. Yes, it is. Right? It's really particular uh, important for the black community because I think it's just a basic understanding of what mental health is. Mm-hmm. You know, black men in particular are valued for their looks and their bodies. Mm-hmm. And so when true. a black man is intellectual or in touch with his emotions, it kind of throws people off, right? And Wow, so, I love that you said that because that... Well, think about the athletes, you know, you know, athletes, football players value for their physical abilities. You know, black men, are, you know, people 
you know, the whole black attractiveness, you know, yeah. sexual, whatever. Yeah. And so, yes, black men, we need to get in touch with our emotions and really recognize how we feel and where that comes from. Wow. So in regards to the state, of, I do work with uh, the homeless population, but we have many different types of people that I work with. And when they come out, I just try to get them to understand what mental health is. So we're mind, body, and soul, and your mental health is how you feel. Your mental health is how you process information. Um, your mental health are your, are your thoughts, right? And so it's important to you know, put those things in perspective and really have an understanding of what that is, what that looks like for you. Mm -hmm. It shows up if there's some type of traumatic, um, something happened in your life, violence, you know, a lot of these brothers are getting out of prison. And so, you know, all that trauma and violence and stress, all of that can lead to some mental health illnesses, right? And so it's just being able to understand that it's okay and you can talk to someone. And I'm really glad that you said that, you, you know, you went through your church because churches are stepping up. Mm -hmm. For the longest time, it was just pray it away. Right. God will take care of it. But I think you pray and I think you believe that God will take care of it. I also think, I think you're engaged too. What you can I do, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, I did have to, um, <clears throat> I went through it and then it was an issue that came up that I just walked, I had to walk away from it. I wind up getting, we wind up uh, getting him counseling uh, maybe two years ago. Just, and Cross wasn't showing signs. Correct. But we, he was trying, we were, he, we were, we were trying to let him know it wasn't his fault. We were trying to let him know. He, he would eventually kind of was torn between the Correct. two of us. If he said, his life was just kind of tore up at Correct. that moment. But he really landed on his feet. But I did leave. I had to leave the church uh, as far as the, the counseling was concerned because it was, um, it became like they questioned something, a couple things. Yeah. And I was like, and it felt like it was one-sided. Right. Right. So that's why I did that. And it also gave him a space, you know, to process. Yes. This is something yes. that was very uh, big for him, you mm -hmm. know, his parents, you know, maybe separating. And so how does he process that? What does that look like for him? How does he feel about that? Yeah. So it's all about processing and talking about it uh, is the first step. Because that's what we don't do in the black community. Right. We don't talk about it's always what's, what's, what's done in my house stays in my house. Right. That was like one of the biggest sayings, right? Everybody in every... Every in, in the hood, everywhere, or in black black families, anywhere, you don't talk about our personal business and not talking about that, which is you keep things private, but when it gets to the point where it's destructive for right. you, for your physicality and your mental ability. Um, We're not talking about things that happen can end up showing up in other areas of your life as, you know, depression, anxiety, violence, yeah. you know, the violence, you know, there's a lot of violence in our communities and these men are, you know, you talk about black men, you know, I remember growing up, you know, you a sissy, you a punk, yeah. if you show your feelings right. and you need to be able to process, you need to be able to think about how you're feeling, why you're feeling that way. I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling sad. That's okay today. Cause if you do not, it can show up as depression and anxiety and violence and yeah. other things that are very unhealthy yeah, for it you. It comes out, it comes out in so many different ways. And I think, um, our community don't, don't deal with it. And so in trying to deal with it, um, the, f the first thing let's say is that people, how can they figure out how to diagnose themselves? Correct. I don't want to say that, but do you know what yes, I'm saying? Yes, 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 yes. How do they just kind of recognize, right, you right. know what, I've got some right, things right. I need to talk to somebody about. Well, you know, they call it being blue, but mm -hmm. if you're sleeping um, long hours of the day, mm -hmm. if your appetite has, you know, increased or decreased, mm -hmm. if the things used to make you come alive, you're not excited about, like for me, it would be dancing, right? Mm -hmm. So I love to dance, you love to dance. 
if there was a day when I'm feeling like I didn't really want to dance or why do I not want to dance, that would be a sign for me. So the first thing is just to have some strong self-awareness about yourself, mm -hmm. right? You know, how you move through the world, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses? And then if something happens in your life, have the behaviors change? Mm -hmm. Because the question should be uh, not what's wrong with that person, what happened to that person? Mm -hmm. For example, I'll share a story. My mother passed a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and um, it's very difficult for me, right? And so I, I turned into dance, I turned to being creative, but it took time, right? So for me, it was talking to a therapist, it was doing meditation. People don't understand how important meditation is just mm -hmm. to quiet the mind, right? So some type of spiritual practice. Uh, I was dancing to take care of the physical. Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing therapy to take care of the mental. And then I had a spiritual practice to take care of the spiritual. So all three of my, you know, mind, body, and soul were working together. <laughs> how did you, um, how did you kind of figure that out? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because yes. some people kind of feel, you said blue, blue, but they also feel a little cloudy because I think there's so many people that are functioning you know, they, they're functioning in, li in life as far as going to work, coming home, right. but they're just so depressed and they're not only just depressed, they're just kind of out of it. Right. And they're just kind of, I, I know for me, I just keep going. Right. You know, you just kind of naturally keep going right. uh, because he's like, okay, this is what I know to do, but right. you have to, how did, how did you, you know? Yeah, she's just, well, like I said, I've been in therapy for years, so right? Kinda, yeah. yeah, I've okay. been in therapy okay, for okay, years. Okay. But, um, you do have to process things. So processing is like recognizing the feelings. It's okay to recognize the feelings, understand the feelings. But the first step is just to have like a self-awareness of yourself, right? And then if your behaviors have changed, you know, but mm -hmm. I do, I, I hear what you're saying. People go and go and go and don't They're really know. You know, recognize it or whatever. So, so, so that's the first thing. Then once you do that, how, is there a way to step out, um, Cause you know so many people, especially black men. Yes. People in period, y'all keep saying, hearing me say black men, but I am saying that because I do know that I had a, uh, a conversation. I think I kind of talked to you about this, Spencer. I had a friend. He's a really cool friend, and I never share everything with everybody. But when I was going through my divorce and going through a lot, it just it was so much compounding. Correct. On top of on top of on yes. top of on top of, and I. I, I would just keep going, but just feel just, you know, because you're going through a divorce and you're feeling, you're being accused of things that you weren't, and then you, you still help uh, creating a stable environment for your, your son Correct. or your daughter, your kids, and then you turn around, you're going to work, and then you're still trying to pursue your career too. Right. <coughs> and I shared some things with them, and I will always share things with them. And then, you know, recently we got on the phone, and he's like, you know, you are, uh, text me, you always play the victim. Mm. And I've never, ever played the victim. I, I said, no. I'm never a victim. Right. I'm a victor. Right. I never was a victim. I've never been like a war. I'm an overcomer. Yes. I'm an overcomer. I was never uh, looking at me. I'm going through because people don't know the story. Correct. I was never that. And so I said, hmm. And then I started thinking about mental ill. I started thinking about black men stepping out to say how they feel right. or what they're going through or how hurt they are. Right. And it seems to me that there's a double standard. You know, white men do it. They cry, they yeah. do what they do, whatever. Or men, any other man, but I'm saying white men because it's predominantly that. They do any of that, they're showing, oh, wow, it's so, this is so right. amazing that he's doing this, that he decided to go get help and blah, 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 blah. Black men, you know, even when we're, when we're passionate, we're, we're considered aggressive. Correct. For different situations. So I was like, as soon as we do it, not only are you a punk or a fag, are you weak, or are you complaining? Correct. Are you acting like a victim? Mm -hmm. Won't you stand up and have a spine and be like a man and see? And that has been our mentality. So right. we're afraid to let it out. Right. Or go to someone and say, look, I need to talk to somebody. I'm having these issues Correct. or whatever. So right. 
what would be that step in uh, them being able to go and right, you right. know try to get help? Well, since churches right now, churches are really doing some great job with mental health and counseling. So it would start with someone you can trust. I would say a pastor, you know, and hopefully <coughs> the church has some type of clinician or mental health ministry that can refer you to talk to someone else. But you have to get um, comfortable enough to be vulnerable with people. Sometimes it's not um, good for these people to be vulnerable in their communities. You know, if you grow up, wow, you know, yeah. south side of Chicago, wherever you're at, you know, sometimes it's not good to be vulnerable. You know, you got to keep your guard up. You got to be right. tough. You got to, you know. And so finding someone you can really trust, you know, I would start with a pastor or an individual you know, someone you really trust in which you can, you know, open your feelings up mm -hmm. and talk about what's going on. I'm sad, right. you know, and it's, and it's such a sad, unrealistic, um, you know, situation we put black men in. We are human, you know, there is sadness, there's grief, there's depression. Life can get the best of you, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so unfair to think that our young men should be growing up not being able to express themselves and not being able to talk about how they feel. Yeah, you, you, know, you know what you're saying, because this just jogs something with me. Um, so I'm listening to, uh, Ryan Seacrest and we were talking about, um, Kobe. I'm sorry. They were talking about Kobe and, uh, uh, a dad's dad, a girl's dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, am I saying that right? A girl's dad. They were saying that. So, and, uh, we were, they were talking and I heard, and so a guy called on and they started talking about stuff and he said, he said, you know, the father said, I went over and hugged and, and gave him a hug, gave her a hug and right. told her it was going to be okay and blah, blah, blah. And we yeah. built her up and she's an athlete or whatever. And so. And then Ryan said, he said, uh, well, he said, see, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a girl's dad. He said, because see, that's what I would do. He said, you know, like, like with a boy, I would just go over there and pat him on the back. It's going to be okay. And let's go. I thought that I said, this is where we're at. Right. This is what we're talking about. Correct. I said, listen to me. We keep saying that with, in, in this whole me too movement that we've got to, start changing the thoughts in the way that we're raising boys. Correct. Right. And if we're going to say that, then we're, we're not going to treat them like that because most bo boys need exactly what that girl needed. Correct. And I was just floored and I, I wanted to call in so bad. I was like, no, he needed some love, Correct. some hug. It's the same thing. I right. said, there's no, but it was so interesting to me. Nobody said nothing. About nobody called, nobody called in. And a lot of times I say to this, I think personally that boys are getting forgot right. little by little because we're in this world of uh, we're in we're, we're in the Me Too movement and all of the women all that and that and I'm for that I have Correct. a twin sister older sister and everything and then we also are in the movement of um, of, of uh, when it comes to sexuality being identified in different white people Correct. identifying you know as boy as girl, girl as boy the, everything that's going on. And I see we're focusing on that, and we're fi I'm fine with that. We should be doing that as well. Right. But uh, what I'm starting to see is that there's there's starting to be a lack of recognizing the boy. Right. Now we don't even gonna talk about the black boy. Right. You know, recognizing them and not leaving them back, and people don't think that they need the same kind of attention and help yeah. as the as the as the girls right. and, and everybody else that are going into you know, transgender and uh, the whole LGBT community Correct. that want to be. I'm like, wait a minute, y'all, we fit in, and if we're gonna train and we're gonna show them different, then we need to kind of reach back and get the boys, black boys. We really gotta give some love to right. because usually they're, you know, it's they're just kind of born born into stress. Correct. Right. No. And I would tell I would tell parents if you have young men, you have a young, you know, you have a young son, like ask him how he's feeling. You know, it's okay to how you feeling, what's going on, um, 
how you process an information, mm-hmm. what's going on, you know, and really talking about their feelings and it's right. okay. You know, it, it starts at home, right? Yep. So it's okay. This is a safe space for you. We affirm each other. We lift people up in this household and we talk about our feelings and we come to some sort of solution and some sorts of uh, recognition of how we feel. Right. The, I, that's the first sign, right, of just recognizing how you feel. Because we got to start with the boys. We got to start gotta with the boys. Start. I was like, okay, if we're going to retrain the boys. But, and then I was like, and then I was also saying, too, I was telling somebody else, I was like, listen, we're retraining boys, but we've got to retrain girls as well because I've grown up with her. He crosses in eighth grade now. I saw more aggressive little girls in third and fourth grade than I've ever seen before. Right. Fifth grade, sixth grade, hitting, punching, right. kicking, right. doing what they want. And I was like, oh, oh, God. And those are signs, right? So we don't know what's going on in the household. Kind of how they release it. Yes, yes. We don't know what's going on in the household. Is there food? Is there lights? Is there violence? Is there right. abuse? And so those behaviors are being acted out in, sco- in school. So when you're out on the, when, so, so do you go out on the road, to, uh, out in the streets of the homeless? Right, right, right. So we have clients that come in. So my job uh, <coughs> is to get the client connected to mental health service, they see a doctor, they see a clinician, and they work with me. And all of us is to get them med compliant, you know. And people, one thing about medication, people, you know, I don't want to take medication. Okay. Well, there are other things we can do. You know, you may need medication. Right. But before we get there, are we journaling? Are we meditating? You know, some things you're going to need medication for. Right, definitely. Because my mom, my mom, because she was manic depressive, because I would watch her. We could watch her. We could tell when she became manic. Right. You know, we, we the bipolar was just my mom would just stare outside and like you know up like this for hours. I'm like, what? This woman's like six, seven. Right. And so she really she hated medication because she didn't like some of the side effects of it back in the day. I mean, my mom died a year and a half ago. Yes. Not even a year, yeah, fifteen months ago. Um, but she and she and she hated medication, so that was the. But she needed it because right. she needed the balance and the chemical right. balance in her brain right. because she would, it was like if she was manic, dude, she would just clean the floor and just be so weak. As kids, we didn't know what right. it was, but right. then eventually we noticed it. So, right. you're, you know, I'm not medicine for everything, but I always tell, if, if you need it, you need it. Yes. And I, th- I think you take the medication and some people, like I said, a lot of my clients, they have very um, strong in faith and God. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just give it to God. Well, you can give it to God, but you also need to take the medication, yeah. right? So can you take the medication and pray? Can you take the medication and work out? Can you take the medication and meditate? Right. Can you take the medication and have a gratitude journal? So medication is important. You know. Look, if you to me like when you say that, it's just like I take blood pressure medicine. I'm like, Lord, thank you, I'm here for the blood. My blood and pray, me, and I pray, and I believe I'm here. Yes. And I gotta keep taking it. That's what people right. getting it. Right. That's what but also anything for you to be your best self, right? So if the medication yeah. is making your mind clear and you're not acting um, out of impulse, and you better to make better decisions. The medication. The medication, yeah. Right. And then, so the other, so do we go medication, and then where will we go from there? Medication, working out, mm-hmm. you know, people that are, it's the first thing you should be doing is working out every day. Getting your heart rate up 30 minutes a day. Working out, dancing. It, people think it has to be some gym. It can be dancing. Anything that makes you feel good. Dancing works for me because I enjoy it, right. and I'm more, I can put more of myself <laughs> into it. But uh, medication, uh, exercise, meditating. Meditating is meditating is everything. I think now we don't have enough of that. Uh, people just take a minute to take a you know when I wake up in the morning I wake up and pray and I get some word but and then there's a, a minute a time when I just like stop right. everything for a good 15, 20 minutes. Yes. And I can, I would like I sometimes I just tell Cross you know I wake up early when I wake him up like you hear that word then silence. Yes. Like, we we so we're such a go all of this stuff that's yes. coming in us information. Insta this, insta that. Yes. 
Yeah. So when you let me tell you something, what what's uh are you seeing out the mental challenge with the homeless? Are you seeing? Are you finding um, more younger people than ever before now? A lot of young people, uh, some elderly. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of elderly. I'm fixing income. So one bedroom <coughs> in LA is about sixteen hundred. Right now, the vouchers are about six. The Section Eight <coughs> vouchers are about sixteen hundred dollars, and so a one bedroom is like sixteen hundred dollars. And so, who can afford that, right? If you're if you're a senior on a fixed income of SSI, or if you're a young individual working just an entry level job somewhere, sixteen hundred is already high. But also, people think it's a lack of affordable housing. That is true. We do need more affordable housing, but it's also <coughs> mental health, you know, just and curious. mental health. I mean, it's mental health if you're unable to address your sanitary conditions it's mental health if you're walking around with injuries and casts and in a wheelchair it's mental health if you're unable to take care of your hygiene so all those things are red flags right right, to be able to take care of yourself so many young people a lot of seniors many seniors you know do you think that um because a lot of times when i what i've noticed that it's spaces you guys that are not from la it's nowhere you can drive now i mean nowhere in la that you can drive now that you don't see homelessness. homelessness. And sometimes I always go, you know, how did they get here? Right. And I know with my mom being, it was times when I, w- I would be working for Jennifer Lopez. Right. I'll be working for, uh, I never forget I worked for Jennifer and we in a plane. I just get off the phone right after we, we take off, I take a um, call from my sisters from London. And, no, Paris, I'm sorry. And we take off and they tell me about my mom. They can't find my mom. Mm. They can't find her. They can't figure out. And that's, you know, she, she had an apartment, <coughs> but she's out in the street. Right. We can't find her. And your mother had support. <coughs> there was another problem, too, because I want to talk about that. Yes. But So we're, so I'm in the top. I'm, I'm take off. I hear this, and I take off, and I'm in a plane with Jennifer Lopez looking at the Eiffel Tower trying to figure out where's my mom. Where's my mother? They can't find And how do I process continuing to work and do this because I'm the choreographer mm. and deal with the fact that they can't find my mom. They haven't seen her in four days, five days. Now, the other aspect of mental illness that I wanted to, th- th- this is what I want to address. My mom tend to, tended to think, and I found this out through talking to some of her therapists sometime we would talk, that the, per- the, closest, the, per- the closest person to them that's trying to help them, they view it as the person that's trying to hurt them. Yes. She went through that a lot. Is that common? Yeah. It can be common, like I said, each, in the per- each individual is different, but sometimes it is that. They think that... Um, they don't understand that, that you know you're there to provide you know support to her. Oh, dude, she would just fight my twin sister. My twin sister, she just looked at my twin sister as just just wrong. I always thought she was trying to hurt. She was always trying to help her. And it's also it's also remember that you really can't reason with mental health. Like we're talking about major diagnosis, like schizophrenia, bipolar. Yeah. You can't really reason with that. That's yeah. why you see so many people on the streets with buggies full of trash and things that personal belongings. It could be an old teddy bear. It could be just you know trash yeah. and they think it's their personal belongings yeah. and, and it, so it's hard you really can't reason with mental health you know that's when the medication comes in and the proper diagnosis and just you know meeting with the therapist and doing this whole wraparound program with doctors medication and meeting with a clinician and therapy it. it's uh it's crazy in la that you see so much of it and i, I mean you see so much homeless and and it's so crazy that mental illness is connected to the homeless in such a large way you know, because you, you, like I said, everywhere you go, you see they're at, they, they are literally everywhere building, you know, living in tents. And then I see a lot of drugs having to do with the younger people. Yes. Uh, but the older people, now that you say that, it makes sense. 
that um you know I, I, like not being able to take care of themselves and then they tend to that generation tends to think I don't want help from nobody correct correct kind of and also family support is everything I think it's like if you have a young uh, individual in your house I think it's all about support you know what the, what the household is determines a lot about a child right mm-hmm. their confidence right. uh, self esteem their mental health right. you know CPS doesn't want to take your kid but the kid must be in an environment where um, you know health can be cultivated right and they're safe and they can thrive in school and very hard to thrive in school you know you're hungry (laughs) just fighting very hard we never had food we never had we i would go and collect we we would get to get to school early enough for lunch i mean for uh breakfast and then after lunch was served i would go and ask the cafeteria lady hey do you have any extra we used to call them cold packs it was a hot pack and a cold pack right she'd give me a ton of cold packs and we would take them home yes um but it was it's it's very it's hard to thrive when you're young, try to function in school with that, every situation going on, dealing with that. Yes. Um what would you say, what are the when you diagnose or you don't diagnose. I don't diagnose. Right, but let me ask you a question. What are some of the maybe the top five uh diagnoses struggles, when people right. struggles that are, you know, when I say schizophrenia, yes. what are those? Number one, depression. Okay. Depression's really big. People and also just just the stress. First of all, it can, be, it can be very stressful to live in L.A., right? So mm-hmm. rent is high. Gas is high. Working two or three jobs. On your grind. And so the, a lot of depression. And, you know, and depression happens, right? You know, a death in the family, loss of a job, anything, anytime there's a big traumatic change, you're like, depression, depression can happen. But we're talking about long-term depression. Like, so, yes, there's a passing, you lose a job. That could take a year or two. But we're talking about long-term, if, you, right, if you're right. having long-term depression. So depression is number one. Number one, okay. A lot of anxiety. anxiety. A lot of anxiety. You know, can't breathe, nervous. You know, a lot of anxiety. And anxiety comes from what? Anxiety comes from, it could be um, traumatic, something traumatic in the house. So, every, so everything is always from an experience that an individual has had. So okay. like I said, it should be not what's wrong with the person, what happened to the person. So uh, violence, uh, prison, right? So all these brothers, you know, we know these prisons are not doing a great job of rehabilitating right. people. Oh. They just put putting them out. And so I got many family members who've been in prison who have anxiety and depression. And no one's ever talked about how you feel and what you experience in prison. Right. Fights, That's true. the stress they, they of just, worry. True. It's true. Correct. And then they don't have it in prison. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Very little. <laughs> it is un, it's not natural to lock up a human. Right. It ain't natural to lock up an animal. So how can it be natural to lock up a human? Like right. in that, right. I understand criminal. Right. But if you're going to do that, then we need to... Right. Some, but they took all that away. Correct. All the help they took away. Right. So. And remember, these brothers are getting out with no, very little understanding of how, you know, their own mental health diagnosis. I got to get a job. I got to check in with probation. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to do a drug test. So all that stress, right? So you would say depression, anxiety. Just in front. There's some bipolar. Okay. Bipolar. What What is considered bipolar? Bipolar comes in many different forms. So bipolar is going to be like a diagnosis you would definitely get from a doctor. Yes. But it could show up once again, like, uh, just something traumatic, some traumatic, you know, a lot of people are bipolar. <laughs> also, it could be, you know, if your mom had bipolar, there may be a chance you may have bipolar, right? Mm-hmm. Some, of, some of these are genetic, mm-hmm. right? And so just understanding what it is and what it looks like for you, right? And then after bipolar? Those are like schizophrenia. schizophrenia. Yeah, yeah, schizophrenia, um, PTSD, post-traumatic, yeah, yeah the, the, all of know, those things. I think there's so many young black kids and, and uh, Latino kids and uh, just kids of color in the, in the hood because nobody still, you know, everybody thinks that gangs, violence,
violence and things like that and drugs and stuff has dropped out of the scene because they don't hear it on TV as much as they used to. Correct. But it's so much, so many kids in that those communities have that. Right. Don't even recognize it. Right. It's almost like they've been to war, and that's and that's and that's really for guys that are men that have and women that have been to war. Correct. So to think that that is in in the communities and you and kids are starting at a young age getting it. A lot of violence. A lot of violence in the communities. So the first thing, if, if anything, with this conversation, Tony, I just want people to really get a better understanding, educate themselves on mental health, yeah. right? That's what it looks idea, like. Yeah. Yes, what yeah. it looks like. Oh, you know, what it feels like. What it, what feels, it looks like. like. What it feels like, um, how to get help. Like, I know that you can, you know, go to, uh, if you can't find it within your community, go outside your community. I mean, you got the internet now. Yeah, you got So the you can literally lock all that and look for, uh, and it don't, it, I definitely want people to understand it don't mean you're crazy. It does not mean that. I mean, your mind, body, and soul, right? So how to explain to my clients your mind, body, and soul. So your body's the physical, the exercise, the mind, which is how you feel, your emotions, and then your soul is your spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And all three of those things to be a whole, healthy, thriving individual, all three of those things must be working together. And anytime one of those are off, you may have issues, right? And so... Get your mental health diagnosis. Go in and talk to people. Um, Taraji P. Henson is doing an organization named yep. after her dad. The P. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to be doing some workshops and providing services in inner city. So you can also um, go to your local, if you have insurance, tell them you, know, you need a mental health, you need to speak to a mental yeah. health provider. All those things are very, very important. But this whole thing of that I'm crazy and God is going to fix it, I think those are old narratives. We need to change mm-hmm. those, right? We need to take care of our mental health. Nothing's moving forward in your life without mental health. That's true. You know, all the great successes and all the greats that we love, you know, whoever it is, LeBron, mental health, you know, in order to do that, you got to, you know, your mental health got to be intact, right. right? And so I think it's, I'm glad we're having more conversation about this. Like I said, Charlamagne, T.D. Jakes has an event coming up in Austin, Texas, I believe. Uh, April the 28th, he's talking about mental health. So these churches are getting involved with mental health. You have to. I think, too, like I said, with young black males, it's, it's, they're not nurtured enough. They're not, it's not enough care out there for them. It's not enough. Um, and, and not just young black males, but black males, yeah. period. Right. You know, I mean, I know <clears throat> the stress of, try, of working, I found my body, like a couple weeks ago, I just, I got sick. But I was just breaking down because I was, Dropping my son at school, then running to my nine to five, then working on getting this show going, then turning around, pitching stuff to networks, Correct. then turning around, making sure the bills were paid. And then I just, one day I kind of just like, woof, like this is a lot, it's a lot. Um, and just dealing with, I kept saying to myself, I want to keep bettering myself. Yeah. And one of the things is I got my twin sister and my older sister, sometimes we talk. A lot of times we talk about what we went through, and we went through a we went through a lot. And I know I have triggers, like you know, um, I was telling my sisters uh, it was when it got cold in L.A. Correct. It got real, real cold in December. Yeah. Like, right? I was like, man, I was coming from from work. I was like, I can't wait to get home to get into the warm. And I told my 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 my, uh, my twin sister, I said, you know what is so funny? I uh, connect cold weather with being poor. Mm. She was like, really? I was like, that's one of my triggers. I can't, I will never, ever get my heat ever cut off. I'll right. always pay that bill. And she was like, Tony, really? I said, yeah, we never had it. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of you just trying to, you know, we lived on the third floor of an apartment building complex. And so we never, we had radiator heat. Some of y'all definitely don't know about that. Right. But if the, if the, if the man that owned the building didn't go and take care of it in the basement, 
and turn it on and make sure it's clicked on and all, we wouldn't. It's like you would hear mm. knocks. Yeah. And then the heat would come on. Right. But we wouldn't have heat, and so I, I that was that's a trigger for me, you know. Right. I kept we what I think all of us, both of all three of us, have done really well is that we kind of recognize, especially my twin sister, we recognize um, triggers and things that we like. Whoa, you know, like a food. Right. Right. You know, not having food for so long, always overcompensating with our kids. Yeah. Right. Make sure y'all eat. Make sure, you know, uh, uh, with Cross, I never had underwear. Mm. So I, with Cross, yeah. you got like 50,000 pair of underwear. Like, okay. like, you can't wear it. We can't right. wear no underwear. So I think as I've got older, I was like, you know, uh, I told my sister, I said, you know, I think I might reach out and go talk to somebody because I'm pursuing Tony Michael's dream. Yes. And that's stressful because you're in a play. We're in Hollywood. Right. But we all must take a. A step back and a breather in order to take care of ourselves. I remember when I went to, to my therapist, the first thing he asked me, like Spencer, what are you doing to take? What are you doing to comfort yourself? Yeah, you know. But like you know, a lot of times, like especially in our community, you just especially in the black community, if you you know, if you're if you're and everybody, I, I guess I could say this about everybody, they're working hard and we're constantly on our grind to just you know, you're working two or three jobs to make sure everything is paid for, and you're trying to keep up, and you've got to take care of everybody in the household, and so it's a lot of times you don't get a, ten, a time right. for me time, and you're right. Um, and what are you doing right now for our listeners, you know, something we can share with them, what are you doing right now to, like, like get to your center and take care of your mental health? Here you are. Well, at the top of the year, one of the things I did, this is, that's a great question. Yes. One of the things I did was I made sure, because I, um, I really, really, uh, I don't say that I'm religious, I'm a Christian, but I'm extremely have a relationship with the Lord. And one of the things I would do early on and when I moved out to L.A. and eventually got into working in the field and really, you know, I would see stuff that I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And I really got girded in the word of God and learned okay. how to create a relationship with okay. God, just me and him. A God of your own making, yeah, right? You know, Correct. Yeah, you know, I'm Christian. No, uh, Jesus, Correct. loving Jesus. And I would, so what I, I returned back to getting up in the morning and taking an hour of my day the beginning of my day right. to ground myself in that, to remember who I am, to remember whom I am, to those things that really allow me in this month to get really centered okay. and grounded okay. and spiritual, good. Uh, and spiritual, spiritually. Okay. And that to me, when you're spirit, when you, you know, and I, then I start getting sick with the bronchitis and stuff, all the stuff I was dealing with. And, uh, but it grounds me in a way that never had, and that people don't realize as a Christian, you can meditate as well. That word is in yes, the Bible. Yes. If you believe in the Bible, yes. that word is in the Bible. So I literally meditate on some scriptures and you know, I listen to some word. I do some confessions. Okay. Some, uh, you know, some people say affirmations. Affirmations I do some are great. And get myself together. And it really, really makes a difference makes, in my day. Because yes. when I'm, a, when I'm, when, when <clears> I am bombarded with different situations and circumstances that jump up, how I'm going to respond and react to them is key to when I got up that morning right. and what I did. So those are the things I'm doing: praying, yes. studying the word, really creating my, my, my spiritual base is my base. And you're dancing, so that's the body. And the, the, yeah, the dancing. I always and, and, and I work out. Okay. I go to the gym, work out. I, I lift my. I want to feel better about myself. I'm trying to work on spending more time with myself. Uh, I feel better about myself. I want to get physically back to where I was physically, nice. looking wise, yes. and just in general. Because if you don't got your if you don't have the physical, you can't. I can't go take care of cross. Right. I can't right. go take care of. So I'm I've learned that and started just really, really taking care of myself. And you know, physically, I know that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm past most people. They're not as grindy. They don't grind as much as I do right. with, when it comes to working out or dancing. Right. Like you said the dancing. And then just sometimes I just take a moment, but most of the times that's my foundation. Okay. I'm doing. It's just two twenty. I decided to start doing that so I could 
get back and I find myself more centered because as I'm getting older, I don't want to react and respond to things that the way I used to in my 40s. Right. You know, I want to respond in a different way because the way I respond and react, it dictates the way everything else will go. Right. You know, so those are the things I'm doing. Um, I'm having Klaus kind of get girded in it so it can help him. I'm telling he's getting so busy with everything that he's doing. That's good. And I always tell him, I say, you know, first thing in the morning, you want to get up and take some time to do this and do that. And he's like, okay, daddy. His mental health and how he feels will be really important for him. You know, as Absolutely. he navigates his way through, through you know, life. through life. Yeah, you know, he just had this incident where he got something, he booked something really big, and then by at night he booked it, and then by the morning they canceled it. Yeah. And so just the way that you know he navigates. So I'm raising a young teaching our young men how to deal with disappointment. Disappointment. You know, rejection. Yes. You know. And like you said, one of the biggest things that I try I, my best to talk to Cross when I know something's really bothering Cross, not try my best. I do. What am I saying? I talk to him all the time. Right. Well, I do know how to pull back. I'll pull back and I'll look and I'll see. And, you know, he may say, I don't want to talk about it right now. I want to talk about it right now. I said, okay, listen. You don't have to talk about it right now. I said, but what I will say to you is that I'm here for you and right. you have to voice it. So then right. maybe an hour or two passed. Yeah. I said, you know, you you, you need to let it out. You yeah. Know? And so he'll, he'll, he'll just Let's unpack this. Yeah, you know, so, uh, all of a sudden we'll be doing one thing, one thing, we'll be playing a game. Because I can tell when he's frustrated. It's just, it's, I'm innately connected to that guy. Yeah. I can know when And as parents, you should right. be. I mean, you yeah. should, you should, you know, have an understanding of how your children react and what they respond to. Yeah. So I, I do that. I can, I can tell that. And with that, he'll say, he'll all of a sudden start, we'll be playing a game. He'll start talking. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you feel about this? Especially when it's something like really crazy, you know. Right. I'm, like, I'm like, okay, Crossley, let's try to approach it in this kind of way. Let's try to see. So always come to me and talk to me. You know, he's turning 14 now, so. A lot of stuff is going on. Yeah. Um, tough time. Yeah. It, you know what? It's not really been a tough time. Okay. He's becoming more of a boy. Yeah. You know, he's seeing girls and, and he's, uh, what do they call that? Uh, puberty. Puberty. Puberty's happening. His hair's starting to be everywhere. <laughs> okay, okay. And I hit this dating and what happened right. here? Why is this moving away? Right, right, moving? right. It's all those things. And so I try to keep an open dialogue yes. with Cross. And yeah. I work at it and... Um, some things he might want, not want to talk about, but what I notice is that he always says, you know, Dad, I, I thank you. I appreciate you and, and always come to you. you know? Right. So I think that's, that's key. Good. A lot of times I try to explain to him that there's a lot of, especially black and uh, Latino boys, men of color, that don't have that. Yes. You know, don't have that avenue. And so that's why I wanted to bring you on so we can just talk about where they could reach yes, out at. where they could reach and out. And go and get some kind of help or just talk to somebody about the way the school made them feel. Right. Somebody at school made them feel. Right. You know, and then young men, we just push it, you know, college guys and and guys that are coming into the workforce now, and they're trying to pursue their dreams. And I mean, the, the world can yeah. be cool. It, it can be. It's very stressful. And that's why I think it's important. Like, the first thing I do in the morning is I try to do uh, 20 minutes of meditation. Mm-hmm. And people really don't sleep on gratitude, mm-hmm. right? Right? And grat- it's something to be said about um, getting your your physical body involved too. So when you're writing, like writing and journaling really mm-hmm. helps. It. It's some, it's, it's very peaceful. It's very therapeutic to kind of write down your emotions. Mm-hmm. So I try to write five things that I'm thankful for. Of course, I'm exercising and dancing yeah. and affirmations <coughs> and all that centers me, right? That mm-hmm. fills me up before uh, I get to meet with my clients and things like That's that. That's really good. That's really, really it's good. It's everything. You have nothing without your mental health. Yeah. Physical true. body. We love physical. And yes, you need a connection with God, but mental health is so, so important. So I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah. And I think also, too, this will help people, you know, everybody reach out to if you need some mental, uh, if you need some help or some diagnosis of it, or um, if you are afraid to confront it, Try to, uh, you know, text someone, text, uh, you know, mentalhealth.com. Try to look up 
ways because yeah. everybody's pretty much got a phone yes, now. Yes. To reach out and get get uh, talk to someone, mm-hmm. um, someone you can trust. Yes. You know, um, but try. I, I think that we got to start pushing it. Like I said, black men really got to go ahead and start, and even yeah. you know, men that are of age. Yeah. Still start pushing and say, okay, you know what? I'm not too old to just talk about these that Mental this health. affected me. Yes. yes, it did affect me. Yes, it did. You know, come to the understanding, understanding. That, you know, that you know what? It did really yeah. affect me. I thought it did, but right. it did. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And so now that I recognize it, what can I do to improve it? Absolutely. What is my understanding of what happened to me? What is my understanding of what I can do? What are my options uh, okay. to improve my life? My life, yeah. Yes. Hey, so you guys, I want to thank Spencer so much. Uh, Great I conversation. So this conversation was good. Thank you. It's good. I want to just open the dialogue up and, you know, um, talk about mental health as a whole because I know all about it from dealing with my mom. Correct. Things in my life. And um, and I think it's key to uh, us really getting to the next level in our yes. lives. And yes. I think when people also hear from not just celebrities, but layman people, people that are out in the field and you're seeing Correct. it, it's, it's key. So thanks, Spencer, Spencer, so much, you guys. Thank you, Tony, for having me. Uh, no problem, man. I love that we did this. Um, you guys can, uh, I'll put, can they, if, if it's someone in, in the L.A., in the San Fernando district, how can, they, how can they reach out maybe to you? So my organization is San Fernando Mental Health, <coughs> and we're located at 16650 Sherman Way, 818-901-4836. All about mental health, all about improving your mental health, all about well-being. So you guys can reach out to that. Uh, I'll you know, check that out up on the screen. And uh, if you have any issues or problems mentally or feeling, you know, suicidal, some people think just just because you don't feel suicidal, you're not having problems. But if you're just constantly in a slump and you can't seem to figure out what it is, just reach go out, speak, get reach help. out to someone, Correct. And get help. Okay. Hey, big ups! Thank you everybody for coming in today. Thanks, Prince, for coming in. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for viewing uh, Tony Michael Show podcast. Out. Peace. Uh-huh.